Hello and welcome to your Blood Red podcast with me, Neil Jones, stepping in for the absent Andy Kelly. We've also got a big absentee and a, a big blow to our chances of, of progression in this tournament with James Pearce, stateside at the moment. So you're stuck with the ugly four. So you've got myself, you've got Ian Doyle, you've got Joe Rimmer and you've got Christian Walsh. Welcome guys. Um, it's the first podcast we've had a chance to do since the season officially ended in, in such disappointment in Basel. So we thought we'd have a look back on the campaign as a whole, and I'll start with you, Doily. A success, <laughs> a failure, somewhere in between. I would say a complete failure. Complete, <laughs> okay. complete, complete failure. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Getting to two finals is good, but if you don't win them, you've got to have a good league record, and league record finished eighth, and not in Europe next year. So if you'd have said at the start of the season that Liverpool would have a different manager, not win any competitions, and finish eighth, you'd have said a bit of a nightmare. Obviously, it's. There's a bit of context in the fact that the manager that they've got now is one that perhaps a lot of people wanted. And things are looking a bit more bright for the future, but the season as a whole, forgettable. Joe, agree with that, Doyle? Or have you got any sort of silver linings to these clouds that he's brought into this room? Yeah, I think, I think when Doyle talks about context, I think you've got to think you can trust the end of last season to the end of this season. And all right, it ends in disappointment, but the mood around that feels completely different. Um, you know... Klopp has, has made such a massive difference, hasn't he? He's really lifted the club. And to lose two finals and still have an air of positivity around the place, it can only be a good thing, really, can't it? So, yeah, losing two finals, it is ultimately a disappointment, but um, I don't think you can call the season a complete failure. Christian, I'll, I'll take you back then. I'll take you back to 2012. Liverpool finishing the season, having lost two finals, eighth outside of Europe. You won one, you won one finals. finals. Yeah. Okay, we'll start that again. <laughs> <laughs> Two finals, not in the Champions League, in 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 a disappointing league position. Manager goes. Obviously, the manager's not going to go this summer. What's different between Liverpool now and Liverpool then? I think the Liverpool then, well, for the start, FSG had handed Kenny Dalglish in excess of a hundred million pounds, um, which he then spent on Stuart Down and Andy Andy <laughs> Carroll, Jordan Henderson, uh, Jose Enrique, and and you know, etc. Yeah. etc. Whereas obviously Charlie Adams, Charlie Adams as well, Sebastian Quattas, um, and aside from that, there was no real identity. I mean, I think people can forget. Although Liverpool finished eighth this season, they had some really, really good results, really some really memorable results. You know, you think about the Norwich away game, you think about Chelsea away, you think about City away, yeah. you think about um, oh, uh, Man City at home even. The Kenny season, it was tortured. It was absolutely awful. There was no identity on the pitch. There was no real plan. People used to say, "Oh well, Liverpool are hitting the post," you know, fifty million times. But ultimately, it was just because they just weren't very good. I think they finished the season with fifty odd goals and fifty yeah. odd points. It was a, uh, it was woeful to be honest. And this is a different sort of a, you know, first and foremost, I do feel, although I'm not as positive necessarily about the season as some people are, I do feel that Eve is a little bit of a red heron because. Towards the end of the season, he sacrificed the league for the Europa League. And if he pulls off the win in Sevilla, no one's really bothered where they finish in eighth. Yeah. I think if there wasn't the Europa League distraction, they're looking at a sixth or fifth or sixth place finish for me. So there is that as well. But, you know, as I say, there's identity now on the pitch. There is a clear plan. There is something to cling on to going forward. And you know where the manager wants to take them. Whereas under Kenny in 2012, despite having the win on penalties against Cardiff, you just didn't really see what the next step of progression was for this club. So then I'll take you 
Christian just made a good point there about basically sacrificing the league for the Europa League. If I if I take you back to half time in Basel, would you say Liverpool were forty five minutes away from a successful season then? Well they were. But they were also forty five minutes well, away from seconds. They were, yeah, they were, 18 seconds they were forty five minutes away from it not being successful. Yeah. But that's they put it they put it up to something to to Well he made the, he made the choice, didn't he, to put it all down to the Europa League, which probably was the right choice to make. But maybe the fact that they didn't manage to pull it off, the players aren't perhaps as good as some people thought, the squad isn't as strong as people thought. And I think, well, maybe it wasn't an absolute failure. I didn't say it was an absolute failure. would like to point that out. Complete, I think. I think the word is complete. <laughs> but, I mean, Christian's right, and Joe, in the terms of there's better, more positivity and there's more of a plan. But mm. in the short term, you only have to look, and I think we're going to touch on this in a bit, at the struggle they're already having, trying to get players yeah. in, that this is the reason why you have to say that the season wasn't what they would have wanted. I mean, if you ask Jurgen Klopp, he'll say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. mad, really, isn't it, that the season did hinge on them 90 minutes in, in, in Baal. And, you know, I was just thinking they were sort of about Kenny's season and, and he won a cup on a, on a penalty shootout and Liverpool lost one this season, the same cup on, on a penalty shootout. You know, such things can, can seasons hinge, but in particular in, in, uh, in Baal, to, to, to boil it down or to that one 90 minutes, it, it just shows you, you know, how precious it can be and it's a completely different summer and indeed, you know, maybe a completely different next two or three years under Klopp if yeah. you get the win. So just... I think that you know it's going to be hard for the club to bounce back from that. You know, it, it makes it what would have been a success is now a failure, and it's going to be hard for, for Klopp to really you know assess and, and, and g the squad up after that. Well, it's it's taken them two years to regress to this point because obviously two years ago they almost won the league. Last year they were still challenging for fourth place, got to two semi-finals. Yeah. Um, but this year it's it's not Jurgen Klopp's fault. He's had to kind of you know arrest some of the things that have been going wrong, and he can clearly see things that he wants to change, but. You know, you can't. It's not basically. The season might be a failure, but it's not his fault. Yeah. Don't you just made the point there, Joe. The squad might not be as good as people say it is, but given the fact that last season under Rogers, two semi-finals and sixth. This season, two finals and okay, eighth. But we we, we say it's mitigation with that. Does that not show there's a, a degree of development or potential there that that Liverpool have got players who maybe in a couple of years' time will be capable of winning those type of games and getting them into the top four or do you think that that shows that they're not capable because they, they didn't do it? Well I think the squad they've got now because they are young this is what you get with them though. You, you, get, you get the great highs and the great lows you get immature performances like, like the one Moreno turned in in, in Basel and I think it's, it's how they learn from these performances and learn for these occasions whether they let that get to them or whether they take that on and grow from it and get better um, I like to think a certain few of those players will grow from it. Others, others may never change. Um, but yeah, I think they've got such a young squad. Surely that these experiences can only help them, you know, in the long run. And and those games, the big games like coming back against Dortmund, I think the game management they showed against Villarreal and coming through that tie was good for them. Um, Basel, they did all right the first forty-five minutes, and then I think they they allowed that equalising goal to really get to them. I think that, that showed in their performance in the, really a bit of an immature performance. They couldn't really come back and get a foothold in the game. And I think when you've got young players, that turns out. Klopp's been here eight months now then, roughly eight months. I mean, it's not a long time. It's not a time that's had particularly great time for him to work on the team in terms of the fixture congestion. He hasn't really had a transfer window to have a go at other than January, which 
he was never really likely to do that. Do you think he will a know where exactly where he needs to strength and which players need to go out, and b do you think he will have the capability to to strengthen those positions in the summer? Doily, I think he knows what he wants. I think he knows the players that he wants, but I think he also knows he's not going to get some of the players that he wants. I think that's the bottom line. They'll have like two or three for each position that he needs, and he'll. They'll be in talks, you know, this is the way it always works, they'll be in talks with nearly all of them or the representatives, and they'll be looking to move players on as well. I mean, I expect it to be quite a busy summer, to be honest. Yeah. So do you think, for example, Karius would be a first-choice signer or Matip? He'll be signed to become first-choice, whether or not it's first-choice straight away is, is something else. Matip, definitely first-choice. I think the big important thing here, which Julie really touched upon, is that they will have their first-tier options, who they want, and if they don't get them, it's absolutely vital that the, the players, the alternates, fit in with the same sort of idea that the, the main the, yeah. the main targets do. You know, we only have to go back to 2014 where they went from Alexis Sanchez to Mario Balotelli. Yeah. You know, what the hell happened there? Same No matter what you think about Balotelli, and, you know, the fact is he was a completely different player to Sanchez. Yeah. wasn't it about the level of ability, although that's obviously proven to be, you know, quite fast as well, but... It was uh, it was about that you've gone from you know even Loic Remy they had Loic Remy yeah. you know and obviously he failed his medical, um, and then they move on to a Balotelli or Neto. So what 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 needs to happen here is let's say obviously Goethe, you know it, it's looking less and less likely that they will get the man. So whoever comes in is surely going to be a Goethe type. They're not going to go from a Goethe to a to a big tall lanky striker who's going to hold the ball up. It's, it's and the signs of that, I mean, you know, the whole Dahoud Zielinski thing is interesting to me because they, they, they seem different types of midfielders. One, one seems a lot more controlling and, and, and will sit. And you know, from what we what we know, Dahoud is the is the prime target midfield. But obviously, Zielinski's been linked as well. He's a bit more dynamic. I think. I think he plays on the front foot a little bit more. He gets into the box more. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see whether Klopp basically goes for carbon copies if he can't get his first choice or if he's willing to be a little bit more flexible yeah. in his, in his pursuit. I think I think that might be the type of manager who might even trust in players that he's got already. He, he doesn't yeah. strike me as the type to say, oh, if I can't get him, you know, I'll just go out and sign anyone. If he can't get a first choice player, I think he might say, right, well, we hang on, we trust. I was say, do you think that's key? I mean, one thing that I've, I've that struck me about Klopp is, whereas Brendan Rodgers, other managers even, you know, not just Brendan Rodgers, but even Rafa Benitez in the time, mm-hmm. would perhaps kill off players there and then. You know, when I mean, you think about Jose Enrique with Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers, I know, mm-hmm. I know Jurgen Klopp didn't really play him much, but Thiago Alori, just no, they're not going to yeah. like Fabio yeah. Barini. I don't want him. But Klopp has had players like Benteke, who we know he doesn't fancy scarily, yeah, he doesn't yeah. really fancy, but they've always still had that little carrot of, you know what, there might be a game round the corner, we need you, so. You just stick with us because we might need you in the future, and that that would tie in with what you're saying that he might look Definitely, to utilise yeah. the squad. I think that's one of Klopp's great strengths, really, is keeping everyone happy. And, and I always used to think with Brendan that he was too, he was too easy to cast aside player, yeah. and then he'd need them again, so they'd come back in. You know, I, I was thinking about amount, amount of times Sacco came out yeah, the team, Lucas, Lucas and, and suddenly they'd come back into the team, and Lucas went from being not even in the squad in the first day, Sacco the same, yeah. to coming into the side and. I don't think it helps. You can't treat players like that and expect them to come in and become a good part of the side. And, and Klopp's good at managing to keep them, even when they we, we sort of know, like with Benteke, that he, he doesn't seem to, to yeah. rate him. Or maybe he doesn't rate him, but he doesn't fit into his style of play. But he still finds a way of using him and utilising him and keeping him 
happy enough until such a time as he, he might move him on. Does, I mean, it, does, sorry, does it concern you that um, none of the players that Liverpool seem to be chasing have played in the Premier League before? The reason I ask is because even after a year, you know, Benitez was looking at the likes yeah. of Peter Crouch and people like that, yeah. and Julio always turned yeah. to the Premier League. Does it, does it bother you? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure, to be honest, simply because you look at 2012 and you look at Downing. Well, that's the kind that's like the other that, extreme, isn't it? You know, I, I don't think it matters where they come yeah. from as long as they're... they're it's interesting you bring that transfer window up, though, because that's exactly well, what well, I think Liverpool needs. Mane's played the Premier League, hasn't he? Sadio Mane. Mane, yeah. I think the, the fear would come is that I do think, um, I might be wrong, but I, my, my interpretation is I think Jürgen Klopp was taken by surprise by the the type of teams you'd run into in the Premier League in terms of going to Watford and going, OK, Watford, OK, they, they, they play 4-4-2, they do this. And then all of a sudden it was like, they've got like two wrestlers up front. They bundle the goalkeeper in the yeah. goal, and it's one 0 And then, well, then you would assume that with that, with, armed with that, when he's when he's signing, say Mahmoud Dahoud, he would be saying, "By the way, <laughs> you need to bulk yeah, up because yeah, we yeah. might have to go to Watford on the first day." Go, of the season. Going back to that, that, I mean, the Crouch one is interesting. Was, was he the only one from the Premier League that season? I don't think it was the fact that he was then then as well. Yeah, actually, yeah, sorry, yeah. I don't think it was the fact that they were Premier League. I think all of those fulfilled the specific role that Benitez identified well, needed improved. Yeah. So Crouch sort of got them ten yards further up the pitch, away from home. So Soko gave them something in the middle. Um, yeah. As you say, Zenden was just an experienced head right, in the right, midfield, yeah. and Reina. That's almost what Klopp needs. So Benitez, Benitez was well into like his numbers, you know, his stats and all that. And apparently, the scouting team, when they did Crouch, all the numbers that they were looking at that they wanted, they came back. They were all like off the scale. He did exactly what they wanted. So that yeah. and, it, and it worked. It took him a while to get his goals, but Liverpool's away form was transformed when he was up front because he was pushing them higher up the pitch. They had to go deeper and defend against them. Um, I think almost that's what Klopp needs. Everyone's saying, oh, he needs eight, nine, ten players. There are certain areas that definitely need a tweak and certain positions that need an upgrade. And, and, and the main thing is quality over quantity. OK, so that, that's a good way to segue into this. So what are the areas then? What are the, I mean, we've, we've, we've got a centre-back sign, we've got a goalkeeper sign, we've got a young midfielder. And so what? What else? We know obviously there's some of the targets, but in terms of we'll go around the table. Where would you be looking first and foremost? Well, they need. They've got a keeper. They need a left back. Might need a right back, reserve right back. Not sure about that. Depends on what happens with Sacco. They might need another centre back. I'm going through the whole team here. Um, <laughs> they definitely. They definitely need a ball winning. Ball playing central midfielder, which is yeah, obviously yeah, a lot definitely. easier said than done yeah, because tough, that's the that's your all round box the box midfielder. Uh, and do they need a striker? I don't sure. I don't think they need a striker. I don't think they need. I know. I know they're in. I know they're in for Goethe. I don't. I don't see why they need Goethe to be honest. No, I, I, I've I, never I'm really. I've never really yeah. understood. If he knows him, obviously he knows him very well, and he thinks I know exactly what I'm going to play, and he can do this, and that's what I want to do. Fine. But if that was anybody who he didn't know and it was somebody who was just someone who played in that position, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't get it because they've got so many of that type of player. I Unless he's going to sell them all. I thought it was perhaps a case of he knows him so well and thinks, well, if he's available for X amount, we just can't miss out on him. He's that good. Mm. And, and, yeah. But I, I, I can't understand why they go for that type of player when they've got so many guys that play him behind. I think they do need a forward because I think, do, yeah. you know, I, I think storage, it's, it's all well and good saying we've kept him fit for how many months. But can they one. keep him fit? Sorry, well, yeah. <laughs> can, they, can they keep him fit for another season? You know that's what you need out of him. And if he doesn't fancy Benteke, 
and I think they need another. And you've got Farigi. Then you've got Firmino. Origi Origi is a young lad. There's, I think there's going to be a couple of speed bumps on the road. I think he yeah, yeah. He, he was he was the most pleasant surprise of last season. Um, I thought like underclock he was absolutely phenomenal since the turn of the year. But as with most young players, there, there will no doubt be a bad spell there and. You know, does he have enough as as many goals in him as as, as maybe the the uh, the one from him at this point in his career? Can like sorry, sorry. No, no. I was, I was just going to say like he. I think they do need definitely do need Danny Ings as well. well Danny Ings, of course, yeah. yeah. We forgot. Um, but I don't even know if it's positions. Although they do need a left back, they definitely need a left back. <laughs> it's not just positions. I think what they need is height, and they're already looking to resolve that. Karujic is a big lad, and yeah, Matip's yeah. a big lad. I think they need experience. Uh, I think they need a bit of power and a bit of dynamism and pace. So, you know, wherever that is, <laughs> so everything. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who can pass Blank canvas. Blank canvas. <laughs> yeah. but, but it doesn't matter where they come from on the pitch necessarily, it's just that they get them from somewhere. Yeah. You know, if it's a winger, if it's a, an attacking midfielder, what, they just need to sort of take those attributes. Let, let's go cynical for the second. My thought on, on Goethe as well, I mean, my initial thought was. Why would you sign Mario Goethe when you've got Philippe Coutinho? And yeah. then my second thought was, you would sign Mario Goethe if you don't have Philippe Coutinho as a replacement. So we've obviously seen the stories today about about Paris Saint-Germain being informed. We've seen in the past Barcelona linked in, in Spanish press. We've seen Manchester City linked. Is there any justification for Liverpool selling for Coutinho this summer? If someone offers them sixty million, yeah, sixty million, yeah, I say no. I, I don't even think. I, I, don't, I don't go so. Yeah, but I understand why you wouldn't want to sell him. It's a terrible PR exercise. It would send out a massively wrong message, etc. But sixty million well, pounds. Well, but, but if, if we go to your point of how difficult Liverpool are finding it without Europe, yeah. sixty million doesn't yeah. make a great deal of difference, does it? If you can't get the right player with your, with with twenty million, you can't get it with eighty million. Can you? you know, in terms of if you don't want to come, you don't want to come. True, but what if he's, what happens if he wants to go and agitates for a move? Yeah, that's, that's not, different, isn't it? That, 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 that is, that is yeah. a different. That, and, but, 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 you know, they, they could very and well... And you asked us to be cynical. That's probably what I do. Yeah. They, but they could play hardball as well. You know, they did it with Suarez yeah. for the first Never season. John Stones yeah. last season, mm-hmm. didn't they? Yeah. You know, and got, got, got a dreadful season out of it. They got half a good season. They got half a good season. I, I think it is the PR thing. I mean, I, I personally, I think Casillo's a brilliant player. I, sometimes I wonder if he is, is exactly a clock player and if he fits into his style and where he where he will fit in next season. But you cannot sell your best player three years on the run. Like that, you, once yeah. you've done that, you've you've transitioned into a selling club, and, yeah. and that can't happen for Liverpool. I think just Liverpool, for potential incomes as well. They already are a selling club. They already yeah. are, but that, yeah. but that is the nail on the coffin. Suarez. You got Suarez, who was one of the best Wales best players, and they got an eighty million pound bid, and he got one of the most wonderful seasons out of him. It happens. Raheem Sterling, agitators and agitators and agitators for moves. Did interviews with the BBC, you know, at, you know, all over the place, just trying to get his move away. Who's Fans were happy to see. Yeah, there's a profile on <laughs> yeah, that website, um, and and they were absolutely, um, you know, I think a lot of fans were happy to see the back of him. Coutinho, you know, he could go down the steel and reason, of course, but I just can't see it from someone like Philippe Coutinho, and you know, I'm on record saying that now. If if that was to happen, maybe, but as things stand, they just can't afford to lose their best player for the past three seasons. Every season, it just can't happen because it becomes a cycle then, and 
they, they picked them off because next season they will have been. Yeah, I mean, the other sorry, don't you? No point having 60 million in your pocket if you've got no one to spend it on. Yeah. The, I never know, said and, I mean, and I think as well, the amount of money they'd have to go and pay to get a player as important to Liverpool as Coutinho is, you'd end up spending the vast chunk of that. You might not need the year to sell. Exactly, yeah, you know. I think, yeah, I think if they play hardball with someone like Coutinho, he doesn't strike me as the type to, to make a scene like, like Sterling did. What about a bit more cynicism then? In terms of, is this Liverpool's aim? This kind of thing? That every summer they get someone worth £50 million to sell and they just keep refreshing it? Because I, I, I look at Goethe and you think he's got a year left on his contract. Would the aim with Goethe maybe have been to buy him for run-down price, maybe get two kind of seasons the clock got out of Dortmund and then all of a sudden they've got another 50, 60 million pound player to, to sell on in the future or is yeah. that too cynical? I, they no, no, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that if they're successful already. If you're trying to establish success that is not a good model to follow. You look at you look at Dortmund and yes, they sold their best players when Klopp was there, Lewandowski and, and Goethe and whatnot but they'd already won back-to-back Bundesliga titles at that point and then they like, sort of moved into that model yeah. where they could sustain the other thing about that is that they only really had Bayern Munich to face, whereas Liverpool have got Manchester City, yeah. Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United, Tottenham, Everton, potentially Southampton, West Ham. So I just it, it'd be foolish if their sole aim was to sort of you know regenerate these players, get them on the cheap, and then sell them on for more. By all means, use that as part of the part of the business plan, and that will inevitably happen. I think, but. At the same time, you can't just also be picking up players because they might have a big resale value. Not, not for me. Three years ago, I'd have said yeah, but now with all the money that's in the Premier League, I think I think uh, Fenway Sports Group wanted to go down the road of doing that and doing it all properly with financial fair play. But now they've just seen that people are just finding ways around yeah. it. Yeah. And if you're yeah. going to get at least, I think with new TV deals three years. Yeah. Proud Liverpool don't get relegated. That's three hundred million pounds. They're going to get at least probably yeah. going to be near to four hundred million. They can do what they want. I don't think, you know. I don't think buying players, selling them on youngsters. I don't think there's, there's obviously, as Christian said, there's merit in doing that. But now it's that business model has gone. Certainly for a team who wants to win stuff. Uh, sorry, I don't. I don't think it's particularly a bad thing to have people interested in your players every year. So it shows you're doing something right, doesn't it? Thanks, Roberto. But in all seriousness, you, you look. Yeah, yeah. You have you have Coutinho, Paris Saint Germain want him. You know, you're doing something right, aren't you? You've just it's a catch twenty two situation. You've got to keep those players. And get to the point where they don't want to leave, and that's the difficult, difficult side of it. Because foreign players are always going to agitate to leave because they didn't support Liverpool growing up, and you know, and, and that's it. I think sorry, just like quickly, at the end of the, they, they got Klopp in, in in October, and that was like a massive, massive coup. What is the point in getting one of the best managers in the world if you then got to sell your best players? Well, why, why strength in one area and then just start to weaken yourselves again in, in another? You know, that's Klopp's appointment should be the building block to keep these players, not get rid of them. Okay, I'll. We've sort of, I think, we're three on one that we we think Coutinho should be kept. I mean, Doyle, Doyle said they should keep him, but obviously money can talk. Yeah, yeah. So three, three and a half versus a half. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw a few other names then of players, and we'll just we'll we'll, we'll riff on on whether they should riff is a they great should word. be um they should be in Liverpool's squad next season or whether the Liverpool should cash in. But I'll start with an interest. Well, Daniel Sturridge. Is this yes or no? This is this is this is a what would you do with Daniel right. Sturridge? Keep him. Keep him. Keep him. I, no I point getting no no point getting rid. Don't understand why you would. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Full house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Full house. Jordan Henderson, captain. Ooh. Ooh. I'd keep him, but you said captain then. 
Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I was just referring to. Him well, I keep him. Yeah. I don't. I think it's unfair to get rid of him just on his first. But he's had two good seasons after a bit of a dodgy yeah. start, and he's yeah. just had a season where he's been injured for half of it. Yeah. It'd be a bit cruel to get rid of him on the back of that. Yeah. So I keep him. Yeah, I, I think he's a good. He's a good player when he's fit, isn't he? He's yeah. had a tough season. You, selling the lad off the back of a tough season like that with injuries, be extremely cruel. So yeah. Keep yeah, absolutely. Him. Keep him. Yeah, completely. Okay, Christian Benteke. Gone. Gone. See, the gavel's been yeah, slammed down. Yeah. Not, a, not, a, not a bad player, just not a Liverpool player. Yeah, I tend to agree. I don't think he's a bad option to have, but at 32 million, and I don't think he'd probably want to stick around. I like him, but yeah. if someone offers 25 million yeah. to play at the Olympic yeah. Stadium, then. <laughs> then yeah. Or Roman. Yeah, then they. The uh, British fencing team. Yeah, it's the <laughs> then. Uh, You've got to get rid. I mean, the thing with Ben Teke, he's going to be one of those where he'll go somewhere and score absolutely tons yeah. of goals. Probably against he'll Liverpool. Play to his strength. Of course, he'll score against Liverpool. They'll, yeah. they always do. Yeah. yeah, always do. So that to me, that that doesn't sound like Liverpool are going to have a, a huge amount of first team players leaving. If you like, in terms of starting starting players. So with with saying a left back, maybe a new goalie, new centre back, maybe a new midfielder. Is that? Is that enough for Liverpool next season? Will will that be enough to get them from eighth to fourth or eighth to first? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, asking, you're, asking, you're asking me a question. There. Don't yeah. know because again, how have you ever seen Carriers play properly? Any of us? I've, I've, I've seen, seen, I've seen, I've seen him on a Friday night. I've seen Matip. I've seen Matip. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, seen his name loads of times. You know, and that's that's not. You know, obviously, we're busy doing work and stuff. You know, yeah. but uh, you know, there's, they won't have seen the Premier League. They won't know what it's like to play in it. If Jurgen Klopp is an experienced manager, having a bit of a struggle getting to grips with it, you got to assume that a lot of them are. I mean, the one good thing about all of these players is that if they're not going to be top rate, as in they're not going to be Goethe or Lewandowski or somebody like that, they're going to be hungry and they've got a point to prove. Because if they think that they can better themselves, then in terms of clubs where you can go and Touch on what we said before. If you want to get a move to Barcelona or a big Champions League club at the moment, go to Liverpool. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. That sounds hard yeah. for a lot of Liverpool fans, certainly my age, 21 years old, to take. But that's what Liverpool are at the moment. Yeah. They're almost like a, a, a finishing school for, for other Arsenal. bigger, bigger clubs. Arsenal, yeah. Yeah. It's like what Christian said before, it's not such a problem if you win a couple of titles along the way, is it? Yeah. You know, and that, that's the difference. Well, that's you the thing is, if, wanna, if, yeah. if you say, Joe, if, if they win a couple of titles, then there's no reason for them to leave because they, yeah. all well, they've done the job. Yeah, they've won them, then they go, they can go off to Barcelona. I, I, I think no Europe is a big factor in all of this because that squad, to me, still looks very bloated. Yeah. 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 It's a plus factor than maybe, or, or a, a negative. I think it's a negative. Well, not, not necessarily. I think they're going to be forced to maybe think about getting rid of players that they wouldn't normally consider. I'm thinking the likes of Alan, Jordan Ibe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. even like a Lucas yeah. sort of character. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, players it's who. Are, but, but, that, but that's the thing. With Europe, you're looking at someone like Lucas Lever and you're going. He's a, he's an experienced head. You'll happily play him away in Russia. You'll know, yeah. You, yeah. you know you can trust him in midfield or in defence. But when is he going to play? Is he really yeah. going to get a chance? You've got Grugis coming in, you've got one or two more midfielders possibly coming in. People like him, Alan, you know, I not in a million years I wouldn't think about selling Jordan I, but you're just looking and where is other than a low move to a Premier League yeah. club, maybe where is he getting the games to progress? Even Markovic. I think Klopp will give Markovic a chance and he should do. But you're looking at him realistically and going, Well, you know, yes, he brings pace and he's, he plays out wide, but really where is he getting a chance next season? 
if you can use the loan system well, though, you can get those yeah. players off the books for a year. Yeah. Like Markovic did this year, go and play for a, a good standard and then come back, you know, should they get to Europe next year. Yeah. Especially Jordan I, but I really don't think they should consider anything but a loan for it, really. Yeah, I'm the same, actually. So we'll move on from club football, we'll move to international football, seeing as though that's what the attention is shifting towards. Euro 2016, I know you love a tournament, Doyle. I do, yes. You absolutely love a, a, yeah. an international tournament. Yeah. Looking forward to this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uh, well, there's going to be, with it being 24 teams, there's going to be a lot of games that are going to be a little bit, uh, yeah. you know. Albania-Romania is going to be hard, isn't it? Albania-Switzerland. But then Albania might win a could, game could and suddenly yeah. Albania might become really interesting. Albania-Switzerland well. features the, the Xhaka brothers going head-to-head in international football. Uh, Torland plays for Albania yeah. and Granit mm. plays for yeah. Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, in fact, play there. Yeah. Uh, in answer to your question, I am looking forward to it, yes. Yeah. I wasn't looking forward to the game last night, though. <laughs> no, I wasn't looking forward to the highlights having <laughs> watched the game. Um, Joe, we'll talk, we'll talk England then. The five of the pool players in the, in the side, any of them you expect to start the tournament for England? Because only Milner started last night yeah. against Portugal. And if we're being brutally honest, he didn't do his chances that much good no. in the time he was on. Lallana probably did more. In the I, twenty minutes he was on. Yeah, I thought Lallana played well when he came on. I don't, I don't expect him to start many of them, if any of them, really. If yeah. you think about it. But personally, you know, I'm not a huge Walker fan. I'd have Klein there yeah. every time. I think Lallana gives him a bit more balance, maybe. Um, you know, I think he really has to decide who he's going to play up front because last night was just it, it didn't. Well, didn't Lallana strikes me that he, could, he, his Liverpool role perfect. Yeah, exactly. You know, in yeah, terms yeah, of that, yeah. because he's not. He's not the creative force in Liverpool, but mm-hmm. he is the sort of the the nisse. Yeah, the, the granny. And that's exactly what he lovely, did last night. Lovely, lovely, lovely right footer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, just come on and press a few people and give a nice short pass to Deli Alley or someone, yeah. and then and then see what happens. Yeah, but it was all breaking down in the fa- in the final third last night, and when he came on, he did knit things together well and and you know worked well down that right hand side. Yeah. Uh, Sturridge for you, Christian. I mean, he he got what. 15-20 minutes last night though, I mean, he was trying too hard to impress wasn't he I think there was, there was a couple of chances where you thought just put your laces through this and he was just trying to bring people in and you don't know what he's um, what he's getting sold in training I, I honestly think with a full season behind him there's, there's no question that he's starting for England but obviously the, there's a massive doubt in Roy Hodgson's mind so much so that he's, he's taken Marcus Rashford as well yeah. um, so do you, know, do you know the last 14 games they've all played Sturridge Scored eight goals. Vardy and Kane got nine each in the last the last fourteen. So you know when you say people say, "Oh, the four you've got to pick the four men." So yeah. that's, that's three, isn't it? That's three and four. I think Rashford's got less than that as five, well. Five, isn't it? Five, I think. Yeah. And Rooney's got what? Well, yeah, Rooney's played in midfield. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah exactly. so, so. It's an it's an interesting one with Sturridge. He was obviously desperate to go, and I think a lot of Liverpool fans would prefer them if he sat at home wrapped in cotton wool all summer. Um, but you know, for the players, well, you know, mental well-being. I think more than anything, no player wants to wants to miss out on on a Euros, and he'll come back sort of. Regardless of what happens with England, I think he'll come back, you know, reinvigorated a little bit. You know, with yeah. a couple of, some game time in, in a major championship. I think he could be the, the the wild card off the bench for them, but I just don't really trust what Roy Hodgson's going to do with him or or any of the Liverpool players. To be honest, I, I think <laughs> you know. No, you know, that, that might be a, that might be that might be a, that might be a reflex action. Sounds a little from, bit um, yeah. There's no evidence in the past yeah. that Roy Hodgson. <laughs> <Yeah. Hodgson's laughs> <Yeah. Hodgson's laughs> um, you know, the fact that if Walker starts over Klein, that baffles me as well. To be honest, because uh, I'm a big fan of Klein. Even you know one of Milner or Lallana as well. So th- there should be uh, 
a Liverpool streak somewhere in this team, whether it's off the bench or starting. But I just, I just as I get closer to the to the competition, you just think they're regressing back to you know the, the Hodgson sides that we've known in the past. I put too much stock into last night's game, to be honest. It's just yeah. a matter of trying not no, to get injured. No, no, or no, friendly, no friendlies in general, but I just feel, you look at, I, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd pick Sturridge, by the way, now. Yeah, I'd I pick him to start. I'd pick him to start. I okay. would, actually. He's got more class. Does he have more yeah. corners and free kicks? <laughs> have me on corners and free kicks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you, would, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you certainly wouldn't. Anyone who's been in the pits on a Wednesday, I would tell you. You don't have corners and free kicks? It's going to play to his strengths. No, exactly. I've been unfair there. <laughs> um, we'll finish. We'll finish with a couple of predictions. Then um, set ourselves up for a four. I go around the room, but winner of the tournament and the, the golden boot of the tournament. So we'll start with you, Christian. Why have you just pointed to me? I haven't even thought about it yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Croatia will win it. Oh, oh, okay. no, they won't. So hipster. Did you say Greece were going to win it in 2004? No. No, he said they're going to win it this year. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Croatia will do well and France will win it. Um, and Golden Boots, I am going for uh, Mark Yanko. Of Austria, we have had that discussion. Okay. He scored okay. one in one in the in the Swiss League this season. He'll uh, he'll bang them in for Austria. <laughs> well, it's man's boring. Though, so I think France are going to win it okay. in their own country. You know. Just think it's set up for them to win it this year. Yeah. You know they, they've had some difficult decisions to make with their squad, but um, yeah, I quite fancy them to win it. Uh, golden boot. Oh, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because you always get some mad player who score four goals and, yeah. and take it, which is Mike, like Mark just, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, <sighs> if you put me on the spot, Ronaldo. I don't know. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. yeah boo. I couldn't yeah. follow Christian because I totally. Right, England won't win it. That's for sure. Uh, France will win it unless they play Germany at some point, in which case Germany will win it. Well, they will. They will play. I thought the this would be really simple. Straight round. France, France, France. All go home. And top scorer Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku. Oh. That's an interesting one. I'm going to say Spain are going to win it. I think oh, Spain what? are the forgotten, the forgotten yeah, the members of this this thing. Spain has still got as good as holders. Holders have that as well. You know. Um, and the golden booth. I've got a sneaky feeling that Joe might be right, and I think Cristiano might might uh, come to the party. The couple big of, way. Couple of penalties. A couple of penalties. To, uh, eight free kicks. Yeah. <laughs> he is going to score ten goals against Hungary. To yeah, be fair, yeah, so yeah. I think I think it could be Cristiano yeah. summer. So not Kane. Um, no. Let's hope not, though. Eh? Let's hope, no, let's hope, let's hope not. Not after that. And, and let's hope it's Daniel Sturridge in England who, who deliver on them them fronts because you know. Can, Why can, not? We, can we talk about Pepe? Just because I want to talk about it. Well, and finally, we've got Ian Doyle Pepe. on Pepe. <laughs> what a tool. <laughs> <laughs> that will end on that note. Thanks, uh, thanks very much for listening. Hopefully you enjoy the Euros. Hopefully you enjoy Liverpool's transfer window. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>